The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. These last weeks, we've been going through our sermon series. We're calling it Treasured. And we've already seen how God calls us to treasure marriage. We've seen how God calls us to treasure the gospel last week on on Reformation Sunday. And now today, we're going to see how much God treasures us in Christ, right? As Luther wrote and as as St. Peter wrote so, so wonderfully, he treasured us not with gold or silver, can you finish it? But with the holy, precious blood and innocent suffering and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that is being treasured, right? And so there's this question that wells up in our hearts. Since we have been treasured like that, not with gold or silver, how do we use our gold and silver? And specifically... How do we use our gold and silver for the church? How much should I give on Sunday? What percentage? And should it be pre-tax and post-tax? And all of these questions that sort of rise up in our hearts. There is actually only one time that Jesus teaches on that point specifically. True, he speaks about money a lot in the Gospels. A, a, A whole bunch But only once does Jesus specifically address money and how to give to church. And it's right here in our gospel lesson for today, where he talks about how to give to church. I want to read that for you now. Please stand. This is from Mark chapter 12, and we're going to begin at verse 38. Jesus is going to give us this teaching on how to give to church. As he taught, Jesus said, watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put, in, put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Will you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, 
set us free from our slavery to money, that we might use it in service to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this sermon's going to have two parts. I'm going to tell you the story of the widow's might, and then we're going to reflect on it together. So this is what happened. Jesus sat down and he watched the people give their money. And when Mark says that he watched them give, I mean he really watched. He watched like a mother watches her children in a crowd. He watched... Maybe better we could say like an umpire behind home plate calling balls and strikes because he was watching in order to make a judgment about the people's giving. That's what he's going to do in a few minutes. And this is what he saw as he watched. He he saw the rich people coming and they gave a lot. You know, they came with their their bags full of coins and there were these trumpet-like receptacles sitting there at the entrance to the temple and they would come and they would dump their bags of coins in there and you could hear the money clinking, clink, 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 clink. And Jesus sat there and he was not impressed. It did not grab his attention. Not really. But then he saw... One poor widow. And he was mesmerized by her. I don't know what it was. There was a painting that I saw of this woman. She had in the painting a child on her hip. Imagine that. And a child, another small child clinging to her hand. And she was rubbing together the only two coins that she had in the whole wide world. And she was getting up to those trumpet-like receptacles and you could see the creases in her faces as she prayerfully considered, what should I give to the God of Israel today? And I want you to realize that this widow had three choices in front of her. She really did. Choice number one was this. As she prayed about what she could give, her first choice was she could give nothing. And we have to admit that. She she could have walked right into the temple. She could have got down on her knees and prayed to God and heard the word of God at, at that festival time, and nobody would have said anything about it. I mean, she could have she could have walked right by those receptacles, gone to worship God. And nothing bad or good would have happened. She just simply would not have given. That was an option for her. And she could have even rationalized it. She really could have. She could have said to herself, you know what? Jesus says that the religious leaders whose salaries I could support, right? Because that's where this money was going to. Whose salaries I could support were scoundrels. I mean, Jesus had just spoken like a New York Post headline in the verses leading up to this. You notice what he said? Pharisees 
devour widows' houses. That's what he said. So, so this woman, <laughs> this widow, could have said to herself, I'm not going to give not a single cent to support a corrupt church. And I want you to consider just how corrupt this church was. I mean, this, this church was more corrupt than Rome. This church was more corrupt than Albany or D.C., we could say. This church was so corrupt that in just a few days' times, the salaries whom she, uh, of these leaders whom she was about to support would kill. Yes, they would kill their God and their creator. I mean, she could have rationalized. She could have walked right into that church. I'm not going to give a single penny, but I will go and worship God. So that was choice number one. And it really was a choice for her. You know what choice number two was? And Mark wants us to realize that this was a choice for her. She could have given one coin, and she could have kept one coin for herself. Because Mark, Mark, Mark wants us to know that. He wants us to know that she had options. So, so Mark doesn't just record the value of the money. He doesn't just say, you know, this was a, a, a day's labor that's there. He actually says that she had two coins and they were worth this much. So we know this. She had three choices. And one choice was for her was to keep one for herself and give one to God. And, you know, this, is, this was the most rational choice. We, we might even say that this is the most biblical choice because the law says give 10%. So in order for her to give ten, at least 10%, she needed to give half. And then later in the day, she would have a coin for her to buy herself a sandwich. That was choice number two. Choice number three was this. She could give it all. Both coins. And this, this choice was the most irrational of them all. First of all, because it meant that she would give more than the law demanded. 100% is much more than what the law demands, right? But second of all, some people might even say that this gift was irresponsible. That this gift was irrational because whether or not she had two children clinging to her, she would have nothing for herself. I mean, what would she eat later in the day? And how would she pay for it? These were the three choices that she faced. As she walked up to that trumpet-like receptacle and she prayed and she thought, what will I give to the God of Israel? Will I give 0%? Will I give 50%? Or will I give 100%? And something moved inside of her in such a way that when she, when she got up to that offering plate, she decided with such freedom and with such joy to drop everything she owned and give it to the temple treasury. This is where Jesus gets really excited. So excited that the disciples who evidently were milling around and not watching the people as they gave their gifts, he calls the disciples to them and said, come here, dear disciples, come here, I want to show you something. And he says, look at that widow right there. 
she gave more than all the others because she, she gave out of her poverty. She gave out of what she did not have. And everybody else, they gave out of their surplus. That's the story of the widow's might. Now, what are we supposed to make of this as we reflect on the widow's gift and Jesus' judgment on it? I've been thinking about this because it certainly doesn't mean that all of us should go and empty out our bank account, sell all of our stocks and properties and give it to the church. It certainly does not mean that. But it does call on us to ask ourselves this question. I've been asking myself this question. Could you do it? Jesus asked a rich young man to do it once. He, he said, go and sell everything and give it to the poor. Could you do it? If Jesus was here and he said, sell your stocks and bonds, sell all of your properties, empty out your bank accounts, and give it all to the church, could you do it? And if you can't, why not? Maybe we should lower the bar a little bit. Let's lower the bar to how people gave in the early church. You remember what they were doing? After they saw Jesus and how much he gave for them. You remember what they were doing? They would go and sell their properties and give all their proceeds and place it at the feet of the apostles. Could you do that? And if you can't, why not? You know what I thought as I was reading this story and I was asking myself those questions, I thought I've never felt so rich and so poor at the same time. Rich because this, this woman had two little pennies to rub together and, and I think that I'm poor if I only have a dollar bill in my billfold. I mean this, I felt rich, but at the same time I felt an extreme spiritual poverty. Because this woman, this woman had, had a spiritual strength that I can only begin to imagine. She was like free as a bird. I'm just going to give it all. God doesn't demand it. God doesn't say I have to give it all, but she did it because she thought somebody else needs it more than I do. I felt rich and I felt poor. I felt, I felt enslaved to money. Maybe you do too. And I thought, we got to ask ourselves this question. How did she do it? How did she like clip the bonds from, from her money and her stocks and her properties and everything that, that she'd been saving up and she just gave it all? Where does that strength come from? Well, maybe it's not a secret. Because this story isn't really a story of the widow's might, M-I-T-E. It's really... A, a story about the widow's might, capital M-I-G-H-T. This is a story about the widow's might, her strength, 
for generosity. Let me tell you what this woman knew as she was thinking, as she walked into the temple of the Lord. This is what she was thinking. I am about to worship the Holy One of Israel, whose presence dwelled in that place. She knew that the Holy One of Israel had literally parted the seas, right? She knew this. What else did she know? She knew that the Holy One of Israel had widows in his heart. She knew the stories. She knew the story of the widow at Zarephath. She knew what God did for widows. And what else did she know? She knew that when she would go into that temple where the Holy One of Israel in his presence dwelt, she would get down on her knees and she could pray with such a spirit and say, Dear God, trust in you. I know you will give what I need. And she would walk out with that promise in her heart. This is her strength to give what she gave on that day. Who is it that we worship here? Times have not changed, have they? We are here to worship the Holy One of Israel. What is more, we know more than that widow knew. We knew that this Holy One of Israel not only would part the seas, but that He would free us from death. What is more, that He would go to the cross and give it all and make a full and free payment for our miserliness and our greed and our selfishness. He would pay it all. That's how much he would give. You know, some people wonder, well, what is the standard for giving? Is it 10%? It is the cross. Have you thought about that? It is the cross where God gives to us his everything and it is all. And we know this, that if God could give His only Son, won't He provide for your every need, both spiritual and physical? Will He not give you enough to eat day after day after day? Are you not much more important than the birds? I could go on. What is our might? Our might is the widow's might. See what I'm trying to do? And maybe I'm doing it poorly. But what I'm trying to do is I am trying to set you free. I want to clip you free from, from the bondage of fear that maybe if I give this gift, that God will not provide for me. I want to set you free from the bondage of greed and say, you know what, I'm going to store up all of that. All of that is for me. I want to clip you free from, from anything that is stopping you from giving generously to the Lord by the power of the Spirit. That's what I want to do today. So that oh, you no longer ask the question, you know, what am I supposed to give? Do I really have to give 10%? Should it be pre-tax or post-tax? Stop asking those questions. Just get freed up like this woman was and give generously what the Spirit puts in your heart without fear. 
Because our strength is the widow's strength, and our strength and our might is the widow's might. Here's what's going to happen in just a couple of minutes. In just a couple of minutes, and I'm going to leave you with this. We're going to pass around the offering plates. And I don't know if you notice this, but it's like, it's like the most um, unobserved part of our service. Do you, would you agree with that? Like it's, it's like almost a breather that comes after these, you know, these emotional sermons that we're always preaching to you guys. Everybody takes a deep breath. You will have a choice. And you're faced with this choice actually every single week. You will have a choice. And, and you have more than three options, right? I mean, this woman literally only had three options when she gave. You have so many more options. You can decide to give $10 or $20 or $50. You could probably even decide to give $1,000, and it wouldn't even really impact you, would it? You have so many options. What my prayer is is that each week that you would walk in here, that that part of the service would be between you and your Lord. That it would be a moment when your heart wells up and says, God, I trust in you. And that when Jesus sees it then, because he does see it, when Jesus sees it, that he would call the angels around and he would say, angels, look. Look at this dear Christian woman. Look at this dear Christian man. Give everything that they have to me. Will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, we thank you that you gave yourself to us through your cross. We thank you that gifts small and large are valued and precious to you. And we come to you offering not only our prayers, not only our praises, but also our silver and gold. In Jesus, in your holy name, we pray all of this. Amen.